Welcome back. Welcome back. Today on the Eva Show, we are turning back that clock and we are replaying episode seven, the one where I become your cheerleader and ass kicker rolled into one package as I talk about the cost that comes with being uniquely you and why you should lean into it instead of trying to avoid it. If you haven't heard this one yet, I know you're going to love it. And if you have heard it, listening to it again will cement some of the things I discussed even further into your spirit, really let you level up your mindset about some of your relationships. Let's dive in. Have you ever felt like a square peg trying to fit into a round hole? Do you think about affecting change in your community or even the nation? Have you ever thought to yourself, is this it? Am I weird for thinking there's more? For wanting more? That this is hopefully not all there is? If so, today's episode is going to speak to you. So buckle up, buttercup. Hey, hey, welcome to The Eva Show. I'm Eva Miller. As a domestic violence survivor turned life and wellness coach, I'm on a mission to help you acknowledge your worth, reclaim your power, and find your voice in this noisy world. If you're feeling stuck and looking for help, or you just want to be reminded that it's a-okay to be your unique self in a conforming world, you're in the right place. You ready to ditch expectations other people have put on you and rise to become who you've always wanted to be? Let's go. All right, welcome back to The Eva Show. I'm your host and life coach, Eva Miller, and today it's time for some real talk. I've been working in my clawfice, putting this talk together. By the way, clawfice is a closet that I am using as my office because there are no distractions in here. There's just an air conditioning vent, so it's not hot, and the clothes and shoes and other junk in here offer some soundproofing. The house has really high ceilings, like 12 feet, so it tends to echo a lot, and the sound is better in here. But I got in here and I started thinking about what I wanted to share with you and the bombs just started dropping. So I'm actually thinking about changing the name from Clawfice and starting to call it the Boom Boom Room. I'm going to coat your face off today, so I hope you're ready. I want you to think of this conversation like you're having a conversation with your big sister, the one who's gone off to college and she's come home for the first time, uh, you know, after a whole semester or something like that. You know, you're hanging out in your room, sitting on the bed or the floor, listening to music, painting your toenails and talking, and suddenly the conversation turns more serious and your big sister starts telling you what college life is really like. That kind of conversation, you know, the stuff she's not going to tell you in front of mom and dad, okay? So here we go. You and I both know you're meant for greatness. That part's not up for debate. You didn't come here to be average. You're not interested in the status quo. You want to create change, whether that's in your world or the world. And I don't know if you figured it out yet, but there's a cost that comes with being you. It's not monetary, though. It's mental. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute. First, I want to share some stories with you. A long time ago, I met a woman and she made some assumptions about my motives and my intentions before she had a chance to get to know me. And I could sense that she didn't like me. I tried to validate my worth to her. I tried to gain her approval, but it wasn't very long before I realized not only was that not healthy for me, but she had some qualities and behaviors that were a lot like my ex-husband. And I ended up removing her from my life, even though by the time I did that, we were related. A few years later, through circumstances beyond my control, she was brought back into my life. And because she was family, 
I decided I would try to be cordial. But I noticed that when I was around her, as much as I didn't want to admit it deep down, I still really wanted her approval. And I hoped that I would still eventually someday get it. I was conditioned to think that approval from others was necessary. And I actually caught myself thinking, I have to make her like me. And as soon as I did, it's like something snapped. And I asked myself, why? And I started kind of working through that that whole belief and thought process. Why do I think that? Who told me that? Did I pick it up? Where did I pick it up from? Where did I learn that? What happens if she never likes me? Can I really just live my life without her liking me and actually be okay with that? I wasn't around her very often, but every time I was, it was a new chance for me to kind of explore things on an even deeper level with that. I was not always successful as far as being able to work through or not care, but some chains did start to break. Several years later, an acquaintance in the homeschool group came by to drop something off at my house. And, you know, I chatted with her for a minute at the doorway, and then I invited her and her husband to come in and talk. And I was making lumpia. So Moose and I were at the table rolling lumpia. And when I make lumpia, I make like 100 or 150 at a time. So I'm sitting there for a few minutes, right? And they sat down and she told me that, you know, she and her husband were foodies and she'd like to help me roll the lumpia. And I showed her how and we started working. And we were talking and after a little while, I had given everybody plates to put their lumpia on when they finished rolling it. But after a little while, she looked down and she had rolled a couple dozen that were on her plate, but my plate was piled really high. And she looked and she was like, wow, you're really competitive. And that really bothered me. Because I was such a people pleaser, that would have bothered me anyway. But there was something different about this. For whatever reason, it would not leave me alone. And I think, you know, being wrongly accused of something or called something that you're not, or I think forms of injustice probably bother everybody. I was basically obsessed. Okay. I don't know why, but this bothered me like nothing ever had before. And I just could not shake the feeling that I was going to have to talk to her about this. And I didn't know when, I didn't know how, and I didn't even begin to know how to start that conversation. But I had gone around and around and around with Moose about it and my feelings over and over. And I knew something was going to have to happen. And lo and behold, I got my opportunity because a couple days later, she called me and told me that she was running away from home for two hours and asked if I wanted to go with her and get some coffee. (laughs) And so I was like, yeah, of course. So we sat in her van drinking frappuccinos, talking, homeschool stuff, mom stuff, venting, all that. And I decided I was going to have to muster the guts to talk about it. So I told her that something had been bothering me since the last time I saw her. And that because I was, you know, striving to have more transparency and authenticity in my relationships, I told her I really wanted to talk to her about something and that it was hard for me. And so I asked her if she would listen all the way until I was done before responding because it was awkward. It was going to be awkward for her too, but I felt like to not handle it at all or address it wasn't fair to the friendship. I really liked this girl. And so, you know, I I explained to her that I wasn't trying to compete with her, that I roll lumpia fast because I hate rolling lumpia and I wanted to get done. She was actually very receptive and she told me that she was actually embarrassed 
because she realized she'd been talking too much and that she was worried that I would think she was annoying. And she told me she said it because she wanted to take the focus off of her. And we talked, it was great, it was fine. But she told me a few days after that, that she told her husband about it. And she said, he looked me dead in the eye and said, you've never had an on, a more honest friend than that. You better hold on to her. And he continued and he said, anybody else would have talked about you to everyone else instead of coming to you. And she told me that she really, really appreciated the courage that it took me to talk to her about it. She and I became very good friends. She was and is a huge believer in me and in what I'm doing, probably because she also knows that she has different things that she wants for her life than most people, probably because she's also felt like a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. But you know, sometimes lessons are repeated to make sure you really understand them. And something similar happened again when another woman that I met made assumptions about me. But this time I got that deja vu feeling and I recognized those familiar thoughts sooner than I had before. But old habits die hard and a small part of me still hoped that, you know, things would change or she'd like me better or whatever. But I had grown enough that my feelings of self-worth and happiness weren't completely tied up into what someone else thought of me like they had been before. And I was able to shift my focus and move through it. Quite some time has passed since that last one. And now I'm able to understand and see that she misunderstood me partly because she has a whole lot of stuff going on inside herself that have absolutely nothing to do with me. So at some point, even if you make a mistake, if you apologize or whatever the case may be, you have to just know that your heart is clean and you've done what you can do. And you have to just let that knowledge carry you through as you release what you need to. And that way you can go forward with peace instead of conflict. And the reason that I'm sharing all this with you today is because I am betting you've experienced some similar things. Maybe you didn't know what it was or why it was happening. It doesn't always make sense. It feels wrong. Like, why is this happening? I don't get it. It shouldn't be like this. It doesn't have to be like this. We don't always understand it. Earlier, I told you that the cost of being you isn't monetary, it's mental. And here's what I mean by that. A few years ago, I was at dinner with a couple of friends and we were waiting for our table to become available. And randomly, one of them said to us, hey, if you weren't you, would you be friends with you? And I was like, wow, that's a really interesting question. And she turned to one of the women and she said, would you? And the woman thought about it for a minute and she said, mm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Would you? And the first woman sat there for just a split second. She was like, you know, I don't believe I would. Mm -mm, no, I wouldn't. And I was sitting there thinking, wow, what, what is so terribly horrible about you that you wouldn't even be friends with yourself? I must have misunderstood the question. I heard it wrong or something. I tuned out or something. And so when she looked at me and said, what about you? I was like, what's the question again? And she said, if you weren't you, would you be friends with you? And something inside me rose up. I can't describe it. I can't explain it. I just found my mouth opening and the words tumbling out. And I was like, I do distinctly remember saying, 
hell yes, I'd be friends with me. And if I'm being honest, I wish I had four more friends who were just like me. And she, her mouth dropped open. She looked at the other woman and she looked back at me and she was like, why? And I was like, why? Because I'm never going to try to steal your man. Because I'm never going to compete with you. Because I'm always going to tell you the truth. Because I always want good things for you. Because I know my motives and my heart. I know I'll always cheer you on. I'm always going to wish amazing things to happen for you. Because I'm not jealous of you. And because I know there's room for everybody at the table. That's the kind of friend I want. I'd like to have four friends who were like that in my life. And I got myself so fired up, I don't even know what happened after that. Listen to me. You have much muchness about you. You know it, and I know it. And you are not aware of all that muchness just to turn right around and get distracted with things that would like to try to hold you back and keep you from becoming everything you've ever wanted to be. You got to learn to lean into who you really are and who you want to become harder than you've ever leaned into it before. And leaning into that, you need to know it might also mean pulling away from some things and some people who are going in a different direction. That fork in the road can be emotionally hard. You get separated from friends, from family, from people you thought you would always have by your side. Now, in the case with the Lumpia, my friend didn't separate from me. In fact, we drew a lot closer together, but that wasn't really the case for the other two. And that's how it goes. The thing with the person drawing closer to you is rare. The other stuff, the pulling away, that's more normal. And somewhere inside you, you know this. And I just thought you might need to be reminded that your gut has already given you signals to that effect in order to keep you safe and on track with where you're trying to go in your life. Don't try to deny it anymore. Stop trying to find evidence against it. Learn to trust yourself. You feel the way you feel for a reason. There's a cost that comes with being you, with your calling, with your purpose, with your desires. And the cost is easy in some ways. And in some ways, that cost is really high and really hard. People are going to think you're weird. They won't get you. They'll misunderstand you, underestimate you, undermine you. They'll ignore you. They'll ghost you. They'll be nosy one minute, ask you a hundred questions, and then turn right around and talk about you and discredit you to other people who listen. They'll think you're conceited. They'll call you arrogant. They'll think you're crazy. They'll think you're obsessed. They'll think you're trying too hard. They'll think you're trying to prove something. They'll think you're too much. They might pull away from you emotionally. They might stop supporting you on social media. They might make you the butt of their jokes. They might talk about you behind your back. They'll probably start to assume some things that they think they know about you, but are wrong. You're going to have to be willing to let go of some of those things so that you can take a hold of new things that you're going to carry with you to the next level of your journey. That's the price you pay to be you, to be amazing, to be unique to live your life on your terms, to find joy in places no one else finds joy, to walk a road nobody else is willing to walk, to want different things than the rest of society, to care about things other people don't care about, to give your time to things other people won't give time to, to be called to things others aren't called to, to be a leader. 
Have you ever noticed that leaders are the ones in front, everybody else is behind them, not side by side with them? There's a reason for that. It's because as a leader, you're looking ahead. And what is ahead of you is so much more important than what's behind you. I have a side business in the network marketing industry. And when you're building your business, it's common knowledge that the people who become successful with you aren't the people in your inner circle or that you're closest to. It's almost never the familiar ones. It's the strangers. When I do well in either of my businesses, my closest friends are rarely the ones who celebrate with me. Strangers do, though. Other entrepreneur friends do. And this is true when you're living true to yourself, too. Strangers will cheer you on. Strangers will believe in you more than your family will. Strangers will help you grow in ways others won't or can't. People you expect to have your back won't. But strangers will. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable sometimes when you're you. Things you think and believe are going to happen will, but not usually in the way you expect. The cost of being you is that people won't always approve of you and they might not be fair to you. The cost of being you is that people don't know what you carry. That's why they treat you like you're common. But the catch is you can't treat you like you're common. Boom! Okay, girlfriend, that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to connect with me on social media, you can find me on Instagram at I'm Eva Miller. Thanks for being here. Talk to you soon.